Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 42, week 42, volume 42, number fucking 42. How you going guys? How has your week been? Thank you for tuning in. So this week there's some Mosh news, there's some Mosh reviews, and my Mosh interview is with Alex of British Beatdown Thugs Malevance. All of that coming up in the show. So let's kick things off like we do every week, and that is with the Mosh News. The internet kind of exploded on Halloween because Slipknot have released their first taste of new music in four years. The song is called All Out Life, and they released it in the form of a music video directed by Clown himself. We do know that this will most likely come off their new album that will come out next year, but no other word on that album as of yet. So what do we think of the song? Seen a lot of people praising it, saying it's amazing. I think it's okay. I really don't think much of it. The guitar tone is fucking putrid, but... It is good to hear that Corey is not doing any melodic singing. It's just all aggressiveness from him. Overall, like I said, it's okay. I don't think this song will stand out much. I think this is probably one of those middle rank songs off the album. But hey, we got some new Slipknot and it did get a lot of people excited. So the song is called All Out Life. It's by Slipknot. Make sure you give that a go. Whitechapel, the deathcore giants themselves, are releasing a new album that's going to be called The Valley. To coincide with that, they also released the first single titled Brimstone. All of that is through Metal Blade Records, and The Valley, the album, is coming out on March 29th. So, Whitechapel, this will be their seventh album, and off this first song... You can hear them going back to kind of what they traditionally have always done. The last album, Mark of the Blade, they kind of branched out a bit. This is good. I don't know if it's amazing. It's good. It's not terrible. It's just, it's just good. But as always, with the first song, you can't really tell much about the album. But really excited that Whitechapel have finally delivered and are going to deliver a new album. So as I said, the album's called The Valley. It's coming out March 29th. The new song's called Brimstone. Make sure you scope that out. Speaking of new albums, While She Sleeps are going to release a new album called So What on March the 1st, and they also released the first single slash music video titled Antisocial. Really good. I really like this one. I've seen some people say, "Eh, it's middle of the pack. I don't really think so. I think this is really good. This is While She Sleeps. This is what they do. And it's got a really catchiness to it. The only thing for me that I didn't really like or didn't really dig at first was the clean singing in the chorus felt really sudden, abrasive, and kind of slapped in as a last-minute thought. But overall, the more I've listened to the song, the more I've enjoyed it. And I'm really, really excited for a new While She Sleeps album. Already pre-ordered it. Can't wait for that to arrive. 
So as I said, the new song is called Antisocial. The album's called So What? And it all comes out on March the 1st. We also had new album news by Death Ray Vision. So if you don't know who they are, they are a band that comprises of members of Overcast and Killswitch Engage. They are going to release their sophomore album titled Negative Mental Attitude on November the 23rd. They also released the first single, which is called We're Done With You. All of this is getting released through Bullet Tooth Records. Death Ray Vision are one of those bands that I think not a lot of people know, or if they do know, it's just because of the members in the band. Really good band. It's a bit punky, bit hardcore, bit grimy. It's very crusty, and it's very quick and to the point. And I'm excited to hear what this album contains. Their first album was very entertaining. This is also the first album with a new vocalist, Their previous vocalist was Brian Fair of Shadows Fall fame. So as I said, the band is called Death Ray Vision. The album is called Negative Mental Attitude. The first single is called We're Done With You and the album's coming out November the 23rd. He is legend have out of nowhere unleashed a brand new song and music video titled White Bat. So... He is legend, heavily underrated, and such a fucking good band. They shouldn't be underrated. Everyone should know this band, and everyone should give this band a go. Really good song, really ferocious, energetic, quick, exciting, everything you expect, and more from He Is Legend. No word on an album or an EP yet, but this is obviously a sign that there is something cooking in the kitchen and something on the way. Can't wait. Give me more, he is legend. Give me more. So the song's called White Bat, and it is by he is legend. Definitely give that a go. Soil Work have debuted another song from their upcoming album. Their upcoming album is due January the 11th, and the new song is called Full Moon Shoals. Iron Reagan released a new music video for their song Patronizer. August Burns Red unveiled a new music video for their song, Dangerous. Make sure you check all of those music videos and songs out. And the last bit of news this week is that Architects have delivered another song from their upcoming album, which is due November the 9th. The album's called Holy Hell. The song they have released is called Modern Misery. Make sure you check that out. So that's it for the Mosh News. So don't forget any of the new songs we've spoken about, any of the music videos, any of the tour information, any of the new album artworks, all of that that we speak about every week in this segment, you can, of course, find on our website and social medias. Now, our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to the website and like and follow us on social media, so that way you stay updated when we update you. It's now time for Mosh Reviews. First up this week is the new album by Sick of It All, 
titled Wake the Sleeping Dragon. First things first, this is album number 12 for the guys. And if you don't know who Sick of It All are, I don't really know what you've been doing because if you're into them or not, you know who they are. They are hardcore punk rock superstars and legends from New York City. This album is straight up hardcore as it is expected to be. Thick, hardcore riffs, insistent barking vocals that drive this album. The songs are all pretty short. There's none really over the three minute mark. And while some people might think that's a negative, it's actually a positive. This band know how to write their music and do it well. So they don't play around. They don't try and drag things out. They keep it short, simple and to the point. There's also no real dull moments on this album and it's so exciting to hear a band of such legendary status still do such an amazing album. This album is strong and is of high caliber and definitely stands up the top of their discography without a doubt. The integrity and passion of Sick of It All cannot be mistaken and remains a big stay power of this band. Another exciting thing when you listen to this album is you can tell that Sick of It All are not going anywhere. Thank fuck they're still staying around. This is everything you should expect if you like Sick of It All and this is everything you should expect if you like hardcore punk rock and if you love that energy, you will love this album. This is for fans of hardcore. This is for fans of Sick of It All, Madball, Terror. The album I am talking about is Wake the Sleeping Dragon. It is by Sick of It All. It is out now, and we do give it a 9 out of 10. Next up for review this week is the new album by I Am, which is called Hard to Kill, which is out now. This is the band's second album. They've also had an EP previously. And this is a band that is heavy with their breakdowns. They have scathing riffs and straight up in your face heat and intensity. Some people might want to call this deathcore. Some people might want to call it beatdown. Some people might want to call it hardcore. It kind of is a bit of everything that those are. There's also a bit of a southern twang to this as well. You can kind of hear the crowbar pantera influence also. This is kind of, in a way of putting it simply, it's meat and potatoes. There's nothing too expansive there's nothing too forward thinking about this but in saying it's meat and potatoes it's also very entertaining it's straight for your throat assault it's bone breaking heavy so much groove so many riffs big breakdowns soaring leads immense immense feelings of anger and intensity if you like these kind of bands You'll love this. You will love this without a doubt. They've found a way, this band, to incorporate those styles I mentioned before. So there's modern deathcore, there's hardcore, and traditional metal sounds. 
but they do it really well and few bands have come close to melding them together as well as these guys do. This band, I Am, are building a reputation and it's a reputation that can't be ignored. This album is crushing, violent, and it doesn't let up for anything. This is for fans of bands like Varials, The Acacia Strain, Kublai Khan. The album I Am talking about is Hard to Kill. It is by I Am. It is out now, and we do give it an 8 out of 10. Our last album up for review this week is the new album by Silent Planet titled When the End Began, out now on Solid State Records. First things first, this is the third album for these guys. They've also had an EP previously. Now, I said they're on Solid State Records, so you need to know first off they are a Christian band. Whether you want to keep listening or not, that's your decision. They are a band that are very hyped, very talked about lately, and they're a band that are definitely throwing their passion and emotion on the line on this album. You can feel and hear their heart that's on their sleeve. There's a lot of issues raised through these songs, things like the human destruction of this planet, the issues of drug addiction, diseases, drowning in consumerism, but all of these are sung with a very much passionate voice. The themes are very important to this band and play a big presentation on their art. Musically, this band are progressive metalcore, so you know that style, you know what you're going to get. Everything you expect of that genre, you will hear here. Now, the other thing about that is none of this is really groundbreaking. You've kind of heard this all before, but it's very well executed. It's very well done. This band have clearly taken a lot of time to put every element of the songs together, from the production to the musicianship to the lyrics to the theme it's all been presented as a unified piece of art. I keep saying art, but it's very important to remember with this band that this is art. Sometimes when a band is really all about the art and the craft that they're creating, it can come across forced. With Silent Planet, it doesn't. It feels very genuine and it feels very emotive. There's not a lot of negatives. There's no real negatives you can say. It kind of all feels like it aims for what it wants and it achieves that. There's no real falling short. There's no real holes in what they do. There's a big sound here. There's a big message here. And some people will like it. Some people will not. I really think you need to give it a chance. Give it a go. The only negative I had about this album was by the time it came out, I'd already pretty much heard half of the album because they kept releasing new songs that's my only criticism maybe don't release half your album before it comes out leave us with some surprise give us a couple of tastes but don't give us half the album this is progressive metalcore this is emotional progressive metalcore this is for fans of silent planet periphery between the buried and me the album I am talking about is When the End Began. It is by Silent Planet. It is out now on Solid State Records. And we do give it an 8 out of 10. 
So that's it for our Mosh reviews done and dusted for this week. What did you think of the reviews? Are you agreeing or disagreeing with our reviews? Get in touch. Let us know. Is there something coming out that you think we really should review? Or is there something that's already come out that we might have missed? Get in touch. Let us know. You in a band? You want something reviewed? You got an album or an EP on the way? Get in touch. Let us know. Also, we would love to hear from you guys. We want your feedback. Get in touch. Let us know. So if you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can. You can send us an email, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. You can send us a comment on our social medias. All of our social medias are at themoshzone. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can get in touch through the website, which is www.themoshzone.com. Get in touch Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. It's that time of the show. It's that time of the episode. It is time for our Mosh interview. So this week, I got to sit down with Alex of Malevance. What a fucking dude. What a fucking band. And so, so fucking stoked to have him on the show. If you know me and you know the bands I talk about the most, you will know that Malevance are without a doubt in my top five most spoken about bands. To have him on the show means a lot to me and a lot to the show. I'm really, really, really grateful and thankful for Alex to be able to put aside some time for me and the show and also just have such a fun, relaxed, informative and insightful chat. That chat with Alex is coming up now. Do you remember what band or what music kind of drew you into music? Like, it doesn't have to be heavy. Do you know, I remember an artist that you're like, oh, I like this, and it was something that was musical. Um, yeah, I think probably like Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. Ooh. That was like one that got me proper invested into music. Um, I think my mum went and bought me it when I was like a little kid. My mum went out and bought me. And I was just like, yo, what the fuck is this? There's heavy heavy riffs and then rap parts and then DJ scratching over the top of hard riffs. I was just like, yo, this is this is crazy. And then um, I think, yeah, that was kind of like the, the band that got me into heavy heavier stuff. Then there was like Trivium's Ascendancy, Hatebreed. Um, yeah, just your kind of usual entry route, I guess, for a metal band. So, I mean, and... was what about the heavier stuff? Because, I mean, anyone that knows you or follows you on social media knows that you also like your hip hop and all of that as well. But what drew you <laughs> into um, what drew you into metal? Um, I think I, I, was in, I was probably into metal before I was into hip hop, really. Um, yeah, like Trivium's Ascendancy was like the first, first album I owned where, where they were like screaming. I don't really know if there's a particular band that I kind of... It all just seemed to come at once, like Lamb of God as well. I remember listening to Lamb of God and thinking, oh my God, this is terrifying, it's sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how old were but, you when all of that was going on? Um, I don't know, like... How old am I now? 20, I'm 25 now, so I think maybe like... 
12, 11, 12. Fuck. Into it pretty early then. So what was... Yeah. I mean, if your mum went out and bought you Linkin Park, what was your mum or family's impression of you suddenly listening to all of this, you know, loud, obnoxious music? Oh, my, my mum bought me Limp Biscuits uh, chocolate, star, chocolate starfish <laughs> album. She didn't have a clue what it was. She just saw the album. I thought, oh, yeah, Alex all like this. And then it comes on and it's just like, hey, 46 fucks in this <laughs> fucked up ride. And she's like, oh, my God, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> so, in, yeah, so in your high school... My mum like, kind of got me into like that. I think she accidentally got me into new metal. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, new metal was a craze, and I mean, having a mum that's willing to go out and buy you that music is—I mean, you can blame your mum now for what you've become. So, oh yeah, definitely, she bl- she blames herself. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was what was high school like? Were you a alternative kid, or were you kind of a bit of everything at high school? Uh, definitely more of an alternative kid. Yeah, you know, I had a long fringe. Um, <laughs> Wore fucking death metal shirts to class, that kind of thing. Um, you know, baggy jeans, Converse, all that shit. Um, and then uh, that was kind of when, because when I went, when I met, because me and Charlie, who plays drums, um, we've known each other since like I first came to Sheffield in like when I was like seven, eight years old. Because my, my grand, my grandma used to look after us both before we go to school. So like we've we've known each other for years, um, and then when we went to high school, we were all in the same. <clears throat> Wilkie and Charlie were in the year above me, um, and we, we were like part of the guys that'd go to gigs, um, go and like you know go drink a few beers on the park, and then go and watch Chimera at our local venue, and okay. you know all that. So we we knew each other for a long time, and um, and then yeah, it just kind of. It just fell into place that they they'd been in my malevolence was a band before I before I was up there, before I joined they'd been going for a few years just playing like local shows and stuff like that um, and then when I joined it was when we kind of you know started taking things a bit more seriously and playing shows out of town because um, Con who, who plays guitar now was originally on vocals uh, and then he he said oh I, I don't want to do vocals anymore I just want to play guitar so <laughs> they were like. Yeah, let's let, let's ask uh, let's ask Alex, and then I was in some shit local metalcore band which never did anything. It was just like really bad. So um, when that broke up, it was just like, yeah, fuck it, come and try out for Malevolence. Went in an audition. So I think we covered we we covered, from my audition. It was like we walked in and we played Despised Icon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, um, yeah, that was how. Uh, but but how was. How was growing up? Because I think a lot of Australians or Americans don't really realise that England with growing up, I mean, I spent some time over there growing up as well, so I know that it can be it can be really much a you know, dog eat dog um, environment. And what what was it like being a metalhead in that environment and in Sheffield? Because you guys, if the reputation precedes you guys, it's a bit tough as nails um, from what I understand. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I think when growing up, we were uh, the sh- like the Sheffield metal scene was used to be a lot bigger than it is now. Um, you know, there'd be, there'd be shows on every week that you could go and hang out with your mates. That and, you know, on Friday nights, go and see any metal band and just go and jump around and have a laugh. Um, 
but I mean, it was, it was, I wasn't, I wouldn't think it was like a hard, it's not, it wasn't hard growing up. I mean, it, we, we all had fairly nice upbringings. We were all quite lucky. We had a lot of parents that, you know, were very open-minded to us going and jumping around in mosh pits and stuff like that. They, <laughs> they just thought, yeah, whatever. So, um, I think obviously when you're at school and you start dressing, dressing like a bit of a metalhead, everyone judges you and it's just one of them. I didn't really care. It's kind of fun as well because all of us were like, whilst we were all listening to heavy metal and stuff like that, we were also listening to like rap and bassline and stuff like that. So like, I think the kids that didn't like metal also kind of got along with us a bit as well because they were like, you know what, they look like moshes, but yeah, they they yeah. kind of they, they know what they're talking about when it comes to like the, the more chabbier stuff. So <laughs> now you touched in there that you started out doing vocals in you know like a, a metalcore band, but were you ever looking at doing an instrument before you got into vocals, or was it oh just want to be a vocalist? That was it. I wanted to play guitar, but I just couldn't be asked learning. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it, but I just couldn't be bothered to sit there for hours and just going like trying to do all that shit. I just, it's not for me. I just thought, fuck it, yeah, I just start shouting. It's easy. You don't have to carry anything as well when you're loading into a venue. Yeah, it is. And how how were you with with vocals at the start? I mean, did you have um, any kind of, did you look into how to do it or did you just go for it? And was there ever a period you lost your voice? Like, did you ever struggle with your voice? Oh, I still lose my voice to this day. I don't, I just, I just went for it. There's not really any particular thing that I do. Um, And I've had, I still get it nowadays. If, if, you know, you're not getting enough sleep on top, then yeah, I'll I'll, I'll lose my voice because the way I do it, I don't I don't really know if it's the right way of doing it. I just it just I don't know. I just I just shout, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, I've started more recently in the last couple of years. Start trying to do more like warm ups and stuff like that. I'm trying to take trying to look after my voice a little bit because. You know, when you when you're on tour and um, when we did the uh, we did our first US tour, I think we were in we were in the first week, and I lost my voice so bad that I couldn't even speak. And we had we had a show in Mason in Georgia, and I was just we came on stage and my voice went within the first line of the first song, and wow. then I just had to, I had to, I had to turn to our bass player like after the first song and just be like, you don't have to speak because I can't speak. <laughs> And just gave him the microphone, and basically just did a, an instrumental show. It was uh, pretty, pretty embarrassing, but yeah. But obviously, know, like, you've learned from that, as you said. So you're trying to now, obviously, into this part of your career, you're trying to teach it or treat it like an instrument, basically. Yeah, yeah. Just by doing warm ups every day, every every show. Actually, um, like I, I, I still. I still have days where it doesn't sound as good as I like, and I still have days where it loses it. But yeah, it's just trying, trying. I, d- I definitely my my style, I think, has definitely changed. Like if you listen to somebody the first record with Malevolence when I first joined, and to what we put out now, it, my voice sounds like completely different. I don't really know how. I, I think I've just got more comfortable and set into my my way of doing it. Um, but yeah, it's just one of them where I don't really know how. I've, there's not anything in particular that I've done really. Just for maybe just I know that uh, Aaron from Jesus Peace. I've got to give a shout out to him because he always he taught me a vocal which you know touch wood always works for me. It's just this. It's a routine. Do ten minutes every time every time we play a show, and it wasn't until he showed me that that I kind of started 
you know, really properly warming up. So, um, but yeah, it's just kind of one of them things where I, I think now, especially on the next record, I want to uh, try and maybe do something, do some things a little bit different. I'm not saying I'm about to start going, oh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just, just, just trying to make it a bit better. And, uh, I've been like looking to that, like, you know, Melissa Cross, her DVD and stuff mm. like that, the art of Zen, the Zen, well, the Zen of Screaming or whatever it's called. So, so I don't know. Just... Did you have inspirations like, you know, or idols growing up when you started out? Like, were you like, I want to be like, you know, Phil Anselmo or I want to be like Matt Heffy? Was there a vocalist or two in your head that you didn't want to sound like, but you wanted to be like them, if that makes sense? Jamie Jester, Randy Blythe, definitely. Oh, Easy. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're, they're great ones. Did you try at the start to, which I know a lot of vocalists do, whether they admit it or not, you were aiming for that sound? You're like, I really want that Jaster, you know, rasp to his voice? Yeah, I think I think when I was starting off, was, yeah, like you said, Matt Heafy. Yeah, I thought that was, that was probably what I was going for originally. I think then I realised that I can't, not necessarily can't do it, but it's just like I just need to find my own thing. Um, but... Jaster and Randy Blythe are like the two big ones because it's just it's just they can do everything the bit of like softer shit and then they're just the ultra highs and lows and it's just yeah like they like they can mix it up Randy Blythe especially. So going into back into when you joined the band, um, so the band had been going for a while <coughs> and you said you you know took over the slot as vocalist and things started to become serious. Was that your driving force or is it just kind of like it just happened to happen that when you came in everything started to be taken as a real thing uh i think yeah it was just kind of one of them things where we we, we started realize you know we could actually do something with this let's, let's push ourselves a bit harder let's try and start playing shows outside of the local town and try and let's try and put like put a little tour together and we've we've always we've always been a band that's just done things kind of our way, and we just worked out. We've we've built up a solid fan base, local fan base, well, uh, uh, like a, a solid UK fan base, just by going and playing to anybody and everybody who listen. Like fifty kids in a fucking pub in some shit old town. Like, Fuck it, yeah, we'll go play it. And you know, we just worked our way up. We didn't really jump any steps or. Um, take ourselves too seriously we just we just did it did it how we wanted to do it whether we and we, we'd play a metal show we'd play a hardcore show we'd play a beatdown show whatever we just we just go and do it and just have a laugh and just go in with the same energy every time and that's kind of how we you know we built up like a really solid fan base like the kids who were going to see us back then still come to see us now and that's still, like still the same faces still the same friends so and I definitely, I definitely yeah, think that's something that your sound brings as well because your sound that you guys do, I mean, if if someone says, oh, you're a hardcore band and then suddenly there's a passage in the music that is death metal and then the next passage is beatdown, um, the sound is you can't pinpoint. Was that something you guys just naturally came across because it it feels natural it doesn't feel forced or was it you guys wanted to be as much of everything as possible do you know what it is man it's like one of them where we just want we wanted to write the music that we wanted to hear and i, I really like i hate the whole argument for 
oh, you're a metal band, oh, you're a hardcore band. It's like, dude, like, we don't care. We, we don't give a fuck, really. <laughs> it's just like, if people call us, call you, call us, people can call us what they want, but I, we just we just write the music we want to hear. Um, if you listen to the older Malev stuff, it's, it's a lot different to what we're writing now, but also it's not that far away as well. Like... It was a lot more mellow death back then, I guess, if you want to, like, it was way more melodic and stuff like that. But nowadays it's more moshy. But we just, yeah, we just wrote music that we want to hear, music that makes people want to, you know, jump off the stage and come and sing along and punch each other in the face, do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's good. It's just music for good, good fun and just to have a laugh to. Now, the first album was <laughs> The Bad Boy of Rain of Suffering, which is, ugh. Like, now, going into this period, how long did you guys spend writing that album? Because for a very young band, that is a fucking mature debut album. Like, that is really mature sounding. So, what was the process? Was it a long one or a pretty short one? Uh, It was very long. (laughs) (laughs) It was very long. Um, I think... It was. I don't really remember the exact period of time. It just felt like we we worked on it a, a long time. Um, but then there were, there were some songs because there was like I think there was Serpent's show called Condemned to Misery and um, be Delusions of Fear. Mm. I think that we recorded them as a three track demo uh, or like a three track EP kind of thing. And then we got them, and then we would uh, we kind of. We thought, oh, do you know what? Should we just do a, instead of putting out an EP? Should we just do an album? So we had we had like half of it written. So it was basically we just had to write the other half. Um, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it was. I think it was definitely uh, a, good, a good body of work, and I was re- still really proud of it. It's like it's basically managed to tour across half of the world on that album alone. So. Um, so it was well yeah, received. I- it's like, was it well received? Because in Australia. Um... You know, I'm I'm one of those music nerds, so I I stumbled across it because I saw you guys on a tour with, oh, I think it was Nasty or someone like that. So I saw you guys mm-hmm. on that, and then I looked you up and got that album. But how how was it received? Did it gain you um, a lot of attention, or was it kind of you still had to work yeah. your ass off to get that attention? Oh, it, it was a bit, a bit of both, really. You know, with there was some. It definitely it definitely got us. Uh, a lot of attention in the UK. I think a lot made a lot of people sit up and start taking us a bit more seriously. Like, I think a lot we got a lot of really a lot of a lot of good praise in the magazines. A lot of people reviewing it really highly. Like, got us on radio, got us on TV. Um, yeah, it, it it took us it took us really far to be honest. It was what the it was the album that kind of opened a lot of doors to us. Um, especially like the people, like industry people, like they they kind of. They gave it a lot of praise, so um, you know it got it got us onto download festival, got us touring Europe, so and yeah, we went to America off the album. So I mean, yeah, it it was great, and we, we got a music video shown on TV and shit like that. So it was yeah, it was awesome. Well, you can really find good. you can find a copy online yeah. for like three hundred pounds or something now. So I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's it's quite quite insane that for for you guys that an album like that is now considered a bit of a rare piece of gold because people are willing to flog it for 300 quid. Um, that's insane. Yeah, it's, 
it's crazy. We had uh, I had seen one of the vinyls going on. Uh, I think it was going on Amazon or eBay for like seven hundred. Yeah, and I was just like, what? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, because it was limited because basically we. Uh, to cut a long story short, the, uh, the label that we were on at the time, uh, they did like one pressing of it, uh, and then uh, that was it. So all it's basically just it's uh, all the all the CDs and the vinyls that are out now. They're all like of the first pressing, so it came super like the vinyl especially came super rare. Everybody wanted one, and it was just it was uh, it was a long process because we that was like. I don't even know when we released it, 2013? Yeah, 13, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, fucking hell, yeah. I've just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we put that out in 2013 and only, it's only in the next two months are we going to be able to repress it. So next what? month we're going to start. Yeah. It's been a long confusing process a lot of back and forth over emails including manage ex-managers and record labels and people owning the rights to it it's, long story short yeah next month it's going to be repressed and wow. uh, ex- exclusive colorways as well so that the originals don't lose their value everybody you know everybody can have an- an- another collector's item and stuff like that well i'll be stoked because um i didn't get the vinyl of that originally i got the cd so i'm happy i got the cd but yeah i'll be fucking keeping a keen eye out for that now after that came out as you said you hit some spots of europe um got to go to america then from an outside it looked like you guys went really quiet um, now you, now as you said, you guys do your thing your way. Now that means you yeah. do tours when you want to do tours and all of this stuff. But it kind of felt like you guys just disappeared. Um, there was a show here or there. Yeah. Do we? We everyone says this. We always get asked about this. I mean, it's like I don't, I don't think we disappeared. We we, we were just working, man. Like we were that we toured that album hard. We we did quite a few European tours off it, like. This is this bear in mind. This is all while we were all still working like full time jobs, and uh, you know, but like, and some of us were at university and stuff like that. So we were we were just kind of you know we weren't we were we were still there. We were still packing you know packing out shows, and I, I don't really I think it's just maybe the the hype kind of died off a little bit uh, in like the industry sense, but in the in the sense that kids were still coming to shows and buying merchandise, we we were like, stronger than ever. So. Um, and then, so yeah, we we toured Europe, we did USA, and then we started writing as well. So we had like there was like three years basically, and um, and the second album took us uh, a bit longer than than we anticipated to write, um, and we hit quite a lot of hurdles on the on, in the recording process. Um, when it comes to you know recording and getting it mixed and mastered, it just took a lot longer than we thought. So um, basically, what's it going? Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, brother. You're right. Yes, you're um, saying a lot of things came up in your way in the recording process. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, like, so we spent basically like we spent one and a half years, two years just on um, touring that album, and then once that died off, you know, we kind of sat back and we were like, right, okay, let's write the new one. Both um, whilst we still had full time jobs, so um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a bit of a gap, but I think you know we were we were still there, we were still. Still, still doing our thing. Away. Yeah. 
I mean, also it sounds like during that period, apart from the recording, that obviously you were able to put behind any bad things that were going on label or management-wise because the label you're on with the second album, Self Supremacy, was um, BDHW. Um, yeah. Is that the label you're still on? Is that who you're going to bring out your next album? And what was it no. like? What was it like going to that label for that album? I mean, so basically, the first album was on Century Media and Siege mm. of Media, uh, and then um, they, the bands that they signed uh, through that kind of merger deal, they only kept us a couple, and we were one of the, one of the bands that got dropped, which was kind of a blessing in disguise for us, really, because as, as, as much as they did kind of, they, they did everything we wanted, the, the album came out and it was sick, and we got a lot of like good attention from it. They, it was one of them where they didn't really know how to market us because of you know Century Media is like a load of Nightwish fans and stuff like that, and <laughs> that's 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 fine. But I think I don't know if that's kind of the market that we want to be going for. Mm. Um, so when when they when they came out of that, they were, they were uh, it was kind of like okay, right, so we got we can start fresh on this next album and do what we want to do, um, and. and we were also conscious that at this point it was, you know, it was in nearly three years since we put some put an album out. So we were like, right, we need to, we just want to get it out now. We've been sat on this album, we had it ready and ready to go. We were just like, we just want to get it out now. And, and it was kind of one of them where we could sit and shop around for big labels, and it could take another year to eighteen months to come out, mm. or we could uh, go on a smaller, more independent DIY label. Um, and Tony, who runs BDHW, he's a good friend of ours. We've known him for a long time, and he just he just hit us up and was just like, "Yo, let's just let's just do it, and we can do it your way, and you know, we'll just we'll we'll design it how you want, and just basically just you just said, look, I can have it out soon, and we can do it your way, and we were just it just made it made much more sense for us than sitting around on for another eighteen months on some material that we just wanted to get out, and because we were, I think we we didn't we felt the pressure of like. You know, it's been three years. You need to put something out of house now before your hype starts dying. But also, we didn't want to just rush into something and fuck it up, basically. So uh, yeah, and and that album, it was just one. That album's re- like it. It's you guys, but it's a different sound. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as you said, there was the pressure of it's been a while, and there's also the pressure of second album syndrome that everyone loves to throw the labels on um, for bands. Yeah. Were you just excited to get it out or were you excited to also see people's reactions? Because there's a lot of different things going on here on that album. It's a very different mm. album. It's still you guys. It's still fucking, you know, 20 out of 10. But were you nervous or and anticipating? Uh, a little bit. But I just felt like, you know what, this is the next step for us and it's a more mature, mature sound. Um and, you know, we put a lot of hard work into it and I'm still really proud of it. I think, it, you know, it, it's definitely kind of stepped up to the mark when it comes to how do we how do we how do we keep up with that debut album? I think it, I think it definitely stepped up to the mark. And especially, you know, when we were when we were playing some of the new songs before they were released, we were just kind of teasing them out of shows. Like the reactions we were getting, like kids were singing along before they even released the fucking songs. Like. <laughs> Just stood at the front goldfishing like, ma, ma, ma. <laughs> um, I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know what? They're doing it, but the reactions we were getting were just like, okay, you know, we're, we're yeah. 
I, I was just I was just so excited to be like, okay, right, here you go. This, here's some new shit. Here's some new videos that are, you know, we stepped up on the video game as well, just trying to uh, make it way more interesting. Yeah, but so, you, uh, ste- you stepped up the video game and then you were copying weird amount of social media hate. I think, what was the video clip you guys did with the, the cars? Is that self-supremacy, I think it was? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. What was going on there? The amount of like flack you guys were copying from people because this was your video clip, like, was oh, dude, I, I, I fucking love it. I don't give a shit. It's just like, <laughs> it's the kids are talking about you. If kids are talking about you, I don't give a fuck if it's good or bad. It's just like, you know, if they're taking the time out of their day to come and comment on my video or something with some negative energy, then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, the video is actually really entertaining, and it was the same with the first one. What was the first one? Wasted breath with the the speedboats and all of that going on in that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. You guys clearly. We did this, the, the first one, the first one, slave satisfaction. We did. That oh, was that's like, it. The, the one yeah. that. Yeah. We dropped. So we dropped that, and then. Uh, yeah, well, I just wanted to make something that gets people talking, and I'm kind of bored of seeing bands play guitar in the middle of a wood just like <laughs> miming along I, I just wanted to make something you know visually entertaining um and yeah just like it's the same with each video we've done um <clears throat> like the first video i directed and the self-supremacy video i directed as well i just wanted you know i just wanted to make something that even if people don't like it or just think it's cringy then i don't give a fuck like i i'm I'm gonna look back on it and think, yeah, that was that was a good time. I mean, we rented some cars, you know, sat on the hood of a Range Rover going down the street, letting off fireworks and shit like that. <laughs> hey, like you said, it's better than playing in a forest. What's the other one? Um, an empty warehouse. That's the other cliche one you could have done. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, way yeah, better. We've we've done we've done one of them as well. We've done one of the videos. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. Everyone does that, so it showed there was more thought and process into it. And I also yeah. noticed. You guys, which I was lucky, um, I've got two of the shirts. You guys also are big into your merchandise and your merchandise marketing. Um, I've got the Hatebreed logo one, and I've got the Southern Treadkill uh, one that you guys uh. did. Um, <laughs> now, i got to say, do you guys just... Just is it just like oh let's just fucking do this for the fun of it or is there a lot of time and thought put into it because you've even got the you've got the football jerseys now you're selling those football jerseys yeah now? yeah yeah it's a bit of a mix really I think uh, when it comes to maybe doing the rip designs it's kind of just like yeah fuck no. it we'll do it yeah they're do it do it do it but then uh, you know I, you, I merchandise at the end of the day is our bread and butter um, uh, you know it's where it's what kids buy when they come to see us and it's what keeps us doing what we do and uh, you know it's uh there's definitely some thought like a lot of a lot of effort goes into it you know uh got to give credit to charlie and wilkie really on that one because they're they're the they're the merchandise guys they they put they put in the hours on photoshop and you know on the phone to the stockists and the suppliers and just making making sure that you know it all gets sent out and also big shout out to charlie's mom because charlie's mom without her like we've her, her her house has looked like a sweatshop for about four years. There's just piles and piles of black t-shirts everywhere in her house, and she uh, she makes sure like all the orders get sorted. And yeah, big shout out to Charlie's mum actually because she you know without her a lot of kids would be complaining at us saying where the fuck is my t-shirt and stuff like that. So you're like I have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, every every time I've got about 100 messages on my Instagram, just like. 
asking about, hey, I ordered a T-shirt yesterday. Why is he not here yet? I'm just like, <laughs> give me a chance. <laughs> well, I think it, I think it's also that it, it's good to see a band. Um, a lot of bands forget how important merchandise is for fan bases because it is mm-hmm. easy marketing, but it also the way you guys have done it with a lot of your merch is it's kind of it doesn't look like band merch if that makes sense. Mm. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you have the the cliche. Uh, everyone has the cliche artwork ones, but then you guys are taking a bit of attention, obviously, to detail, and kids are lapping it up obviously um the only the only thing that yeah. i find interesting is you do colors like pink i mean that's that's not very much <laughs> oh. yeah but you, need, you know what just sometimes you've got to turn up to a show in a pink shirt and just, ah, like, there you go. Fuck it, just raise it and you you've got you just got a rocket and if it you know there's there's kids that are going to be looking at you and like damn i fucking hate that guy wearing a pink shirt but there's going to be more kids that are looking at you and like you know what that kid's got fucking balls he's turned up wearing a pink shirt fucking big up to him and then we're like oh shit it says more levels on the back seat so, um no, I love yeah it. i mean we, we we've got some crazy stuff planned as well you know we like we just did like the summer range we did like some spiders we did uh swim shorts um and we've got even more crazy stuff planned. We, we, you know, we, we want to do some like, beach towels and shit. I want to, I want to do like a full summer range. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, yeah, we got the the sliders there. Yes, I saw them the other day. Uh, yeah, I saw them. Yeah. <laughs> and we we've also got one second. I know we've we've been hyping these a lot. Uh, coming to the guitar yes. samples. Yes. They're finally, then they're finally ready. Nearly. I think we should have them soon, but um, yeah, we just try and do stuff you know that's not necessarily what everyone else is doing, and just something a bit more interesting for people to spend the money on. But that seems to be the way you guys are doing things, and have been doing things since day one. Now, with that album, Self Supremacy, you've been doing a lot of shows, a lot of festivals. Um, it seems like Europe really fucking loves you guys. Not that England doesn't, but Europe seems to be a hotbed for you guys. You seem to be able to go over there, do a couple of weekenders and that. Um, why Why do you think Europe wants you so much, not compared to other places? Like, well, you haven't gone to America again off this album, or have you? I'm not sure. No, no, we've, we've no. just been once. Um, mm. I mean, if, if, if I could afford to go to America every year, I would, bro. But the, the, first, <laughs> the first tour fucking killed us financially like we were we made no money mm-hmm. um but it was when we we went out there knowing we weren't gonna make money we, we, we knew we were running at a loss and it was just like you know what this is a, a month in a month tour in the full usa like who, who else gets gets to do that in our position so if we just try it like a holiday mm. uh, with, with some shows involved <laughs> so, yeah um but i mean yeah if we we do want we do we do want to go back i mean if the opportunity is right and the bag's right, then we'll, we'll go. But um, I think Europe is just one of them where, you know, we, we just had a really good festival season this year and uh, probably our busiest festival season we've ever done. We've done more shows this year than we have ever. So um, I don't really know. I think, yeah, I think we get a lot more attention from the European festivals than we do the UK festivals. I sometimes feel like we get a bit ignored in the UK and we, we're... Uh, you know, definitely kind of looked over. I don't really know many bands in the UK that kind of on the level that we are. 
but also like not not like not kind of like we, I mean we do get you know we do get support from the magazines and stuff but, but like, especially UK festivals I feel like sometimes we're kind of like overlooked a little bit yeah um, which is confusing I think it's really confusing to see that um it, I can see yeah. that as well um now speaking of UK scene um what's it like uh from an insider's perspective of the UK scene so I do know that you guys have a knack of pulling really good crowds. Like an example is you've got the uh, five-year anniversaries of the debut album coming up and one sold in ridiculous time. I think it was like an hour or two hours. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. sold out in an hour, yeah. Where, where do you see the UK scene going, not just in attendances but also with bands? Is it, it a, is it at a really exciting time or is it a bit of a weird time? I think it was kind of in a bit of a dip. Um, I think there were, you know, it's weird because I think the hardcore scene now in the UK is great. There's a lot of good hardcore bands uh, playing like small, crazy shows, and that's good to see. I think in terms of like metal bands, as it's limited. I mean, uh, there's, you know, few good, strong metal bands that in the UK that are, you know, pulling consistent numbers across the UK. Um, just from my experience, I guess. Um, but I think, it, you know, it's, it's kind of coming up out of that now. There's a lot of new exciting bands coming up uh, across the UK. You've got, like, Revulsion from Scotland. I think they're one of my favourite UK bands at the minute. They're just doing something a little bit different, um, but super, super hard, super aggressive. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot There's a lot of good bands. Like, then, like Discarnate, they're, they, they deserve mm. they They are one of the most overlooked bands in the UK because they're just... There's no band that are, that are making music like them, and just with the production levels uh, like it in the UK, they're just you know solid straight death metal. That's it's perfect. Then you've got a lot of like new hardcore bands, Split Knuckle. They have just dropped their uh, their new EP. Rough Justice, they're going to be dropping their new EP sometime next year whenever they stop being stoned um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you got like the beat down as like cold Our truth and you know like bands like that so the, i mean there's there's a lot of bands in a lot of genres killing it on a local scale there just needs to be more support you know across mm. the board and out in europe and internationally so i mean do you think do you think part of the problem is um now with all of this social media and streaming services that you know if at home you can sit there and watch everything on YouTube, um, kids don't necessarily need to go out to a show. And also because there's so much music available that, you know, if you're bored with what you were just listening to, you can go listen to a Polish Nightwish cover band instead. Um, do you, yeah. think, do you think all of that is affecting the English scene? Because you've got a big population, so there should be a lot of competition. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, to be honest, man. I mean, it's. I feel like the bands that are, you know are putting in the the hours, they are getting recognised slowly. It's just one of them where they may not be getting recognised by the right people. Um, mm. I think there are like, especially when it comes to like, you know, we've got so many like metal magazines and stuff like that in the UK, like Metal Hammer. Like Metal Hammer are great. They like they 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 do cover bands from like ground up and they'll give the bands the chance you know to to be heard and they'll put them on um all band like magazines like Kerrang and stuff like that they they you know they do they have recently in more recent years started kind of 
pushing, like supporting the underground scene and, you know, pushing it into the limelight, which is great. But I think there just needs to be more more of that, more uh, more promoters giving bands a chance to jump on bigger shows and um, but also not relying on them to kind of be the main draw for the shows that they don't sell too well. You know, they just need to, just need more support from everyone, really. Outside of the fan bases, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I wanted to change back up to, you mentioned earlier about next release. So, let's talk, I mean, what you can say, there's obviously going to be things you can't say, because, you know, that's always how it is. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, obviously, you guys are writing, or you're in the process of writing, I gather that. Um, Where are you at? Are you looking to record soon? You know, what, what can you tell us? Um, so we have, we probably have about an album's worth of music already. Um, music, that's not lyrics. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I'm very, very slow at writing lyrics and mm-hmm. it takes me a while to kind of be happy with it, what, what, what I write. Um, but yeah, we, know we have, we have new music and we're looking to be recorded very soon. Um, probably, bef- hopefully before the end of the year. Mm. Um, and I think we're going to be do- going for a shorter release this time. Um, yeah, it's and the you know we're going to uh, switch it up a little bit. I think mm. um, maybe do you know maybe do an EP or something like that, uh, and then but also keep the uh, keep the idea in mind of doing you know the the third album. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit, there's a bit of a continuation that we, we with the first album, and the second album, obviously these the same artworks by mm-hmm. a guy called Tom Bates. Uh, we, we we've been talking about making that basically like a trilogy, but also maybe dropping an EP in the middle to kind of keep keep people on their toes um, and keep the excitement up. But the new stuff is already sounding just fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very excited for it. It's going to be uh, a bit of a bit of a switch up, but still just straight my life. Now, but, um, are you are, are you nervous about a third album? Is that why you're going to drop an EP in between, or are you just maybe, or is it more the fact you want to keep momentum going? You don't want the three year wait again. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I just I want to keep playing shows, and and I just that like I I'll, I'll hate recording. It's my least favorite part of being in the band. Like, I, I, from the moment we step into a vocal booth to the moment I leave, it's just like I just want to be out because you know I'm 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 in a band to play shows and um I'm well aware that it's something you know you've got to do. But um yeah, I just want to we don't we we don't want to leave it like three years again because obviously that yeah it does have an in, impact on your momentum. Um, I want to keep 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 momentum up and just keep grinding out solid bangers and but yeah i think with that with an album it's also like i feel like once you've once you start writing an album you kind of set into writing that album like we've already got half an album plus an ep maybe so why not keep on writing and whilst we put an ep out and then drop an album you know later later on so we've got maybe we've got quite we're, we're kind of we're open to it, but I think we're going to be dropping a shorter release, uh, hopefully sometime early next year. Um, uh, that's all. And you were saying, uh, and you're on a new label too, obviously. Are you going more independent or are you on a big label? 
Uh, we're still kind of hunting. Now. Yeah. Okay. We're, uh, we we can we've we've talked about the the idea of self releasing, um, but we're also gonna you know shop it around a little bit because I think you know we've we've kind of proven ourselves now. Mm. Uh, I think we've we've got the figures to back it up. So I think we we you know I think labels are now in a position where we can go to them and be like you know listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas before with before with the last one it was kind of like. Mm, maybe mm. I think now we're kind of we're in a we're 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 a much bigger band now than when we, before than before we put self supremacy out. Oh yeah, I, I think the momentum <coughs> is definitely on your side now. The next next thing I've got to obviously ask is um, Australians listening have never seen you guys. Um, now that's no surprise because we're on the other fucking side of the fucking planet, so we're in the middle of yeah. fucking nowhere. Um, uh, What's going on? I, I know you guys are you've got lots of buddies and other bands um, from around the world that could possibly tour down here. Um, are you thinking of coming down here? If so, would it be on your own, or would you be jumping on a tour with someone? Anything like that? What about Australia? We will be on Australia next year. I promise. Hey, next year. Promise you, we will be there because we uh, originally we were going to be there. February, March time, mm-hmm. with some other people, just shit had to get moved about. Um, so we will be there next year. Get uh, in. Yeah, we just can't. We I, I can't say too much because it's not. Um, yes. It's not up to me. But um, yeah, we'll be there next year, one way or another. I'll, we'll just, if it doesn't work out, we'll just come on our own and we'll just come and fucking shred it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. Um, Brisbane is where, where I'm situated. So, uh, if you boys need a couch or a bed to stay at, we've got a massive fucking house. We've got a pool. We're in the Sunshine Coast. You know where you're staying. We'll be there. We'll be there, man. We'll be there. Um, (laughs) so just a couple more little things I want to chat about and then, um, we'll kind of wrap up. Um, one is your lyrics. Now you're saying you struggle kind of getting it all down. Um, your lyrics feel very... They're very much a vent. It's very personal. Um, why do you struggle with lyrics? And is part of it you're worried that people are going to read into it a certain way? Like, what what's the worry behind your lyrical? Uh, I think, I don't know, man. I'm just really picky. I'm like, I'll, like I'll, I'll be the first to say if, if I think something sounds shit on my voice in the studio, I'll be like, no, I'm not happy with that. I need, and I'll, I'm just really picky and like, it's not so much the, the I think sometimes the, the content of the lyrics it's kind of I have days where it just comes and I'll just be like on my phone just making notes and then some days where I'm just like mind blank can't just can't get into the swing of it um it's not so much what other people think it's just more what I think than just I'm just yeah I just I want to I don't want to release something which I kind of think is like meh. Mm. I want to be like yeah that's the that's, that's the best it can be um and I think, you know, from like from listening to the first album, like the first album had a lot of kind of lyrics that didn't really mean anything. You know, it was just kind of like and that the second album I wanted to you know, I was obviously more a more mature person by then as well, you know. So I, I felt like, you know, you the need to have some natural concept behind them and that's where the whole self supremacy thing came from. Cause it's just like that whole that whole concept is just to like better yourself. 
you know, put yourself first and just like, and you know, go out and smash your your objective and just be who you want to be. So, um, I think you know, each time I write a new song, it's kind of a little bit more mature, a bit more, um, a little bit more honest, maybe I guess. Um, but I think for the for the, the new stuff, it's going to be. I kind of found my sound on that self on the the song self supremacy. That's the kind of way I want to go with it. If you know, if a, if a kid mm. wants to like, if if a kid listens to our song and thinks, you know what, yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna go out and smash my day now. Like it's like me listening to hip, like a band like Hatebreed. It gets me mm. pumped. It gets me gassed. It gets me you know, like that's the kind of effect I want to have on kids. Instead of just singing about demons and souls and fucking all that shit, just you know, have a bit of have a bit of like a meaning behind it. And if it if it has that effect on kids, then that's that's my job done. But I think on the on the on the new stuff, it's kind of maybe more of the same, you know. Yeah, well, that's uh, sick. So we're not going to hear songs about dragons then. So no, no dragons. No, 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 no man. <laughs> I'm afraid not. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's. I mean, I think that's part of why I think a lot of people gravitate to your music is not only musically um, what it is, but the lyrics are especially on the second album, as you said, they're very uplifting. I know a lot of people say that the band's perfect for when you want to go to the gym and smash out some weights because it's perfect motivation. Yeah. Um, so that, that's exciting to hear that that's the way that's going to go. Um, another question is the record industry. Um, as you know, I'm showing my age here. I'm in my mid-30s. I've seen things change a lot. Um now you've been in a band for a while now, and you've seen things gradually change. Where do you see the record industry? Do you see that the power is back in the band's pocket, or do you think it's a bit all over the shop? Depends who you're with, man. I mean, um, yeah, it just depends. Uh, I think obviously I can only speak from my experiences. I found with the more grassroots and DIY the label, the more kind of influence and control you have, uh, the more you can kind of do it on your terms and your schedule. Um, obviously, the bigger the label, you know, they've got they've got way more bands to release. They've got you know bigger fish to fry, and that's that's fine. Um, that's obviously how that's the nature of the business. But I think you just I don't really know how it's going to change. I think I think could be interesting to see if, if big, the bigger labels start if they, if they start supporting the more smaller bands um could be interesting you know you've you got bands like code orange on roadrunner like that when they sign to roadrunner that's that's huge and shit like that so like i think it's it's interesting i think the the industry's starting to take a take a bit more of a interest in our scene so hmm. we'll see how it pans out whether it'd be good for that good or bad um but yeah, do you know what? It's, just, it's one of them where it's just like politics. Mm, and I'm just like, it's weird. I don't it? have time. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of hate it. Like, I just want to go and play shows and watch kids punch each other in the face. <laughs> <laughs> now that that punch punch each other in the face that brings me to the last question oh, before we. I, I knew you were gonna. The, the, it's always the last question. <laughs> no, not really. But it, it's about um, it's about the live shows. Like you guys, yeah. um, you bring. Like, you know, I've been to England a few times, the wife's from England, but never had the chance to see you guys live. But um, one mm. thing you guys are known for is the live show. Um, you watch some of that footage and it just looks like carnage. I mean, you're, I mean, you just look like, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? There's dudes 
cutting <laughs> the shit out of each other. Um, live shows, uh, how are you with being up there? Did it take some time for you to adjust or from the offset, are you just up there going, this is what I live for? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, from the start, man, I just, I just, as soon as I get up there and it, kids start going crazy, I'm just in a zone. I just melt like, I don't really, it's very rare I'll get nervous. I'll get nervous for like the 10 minutes before we go on. If we're playing a big show, the most nervous I get is when we play a hometown show. Mm-hmm. And it's like the the like the last hometown show we did last year, we did um, sold out 1,200 tickets. And it's like all of our friends, all of our family, like everyone we know was there. And that is that is way more nerve wracking for me than getting up on a festival in front of six thousand, ten thousand German kids. Like, I'll, I'll be a bit nervous before that, but then I'll get up and I'll just go into like autopilot mode. But in like on a hometown show, it's just like, oh my god. So, so <laughs> what's what's the craziest thing you've seen happen in front of you at a show? <sighs> like, apart from a kid getting punched in the head, which would just be an obvious nowadays, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of that's just that happens everywhere. Um, oh man, I don't know. There's, there's been so much. I think not necessarily a crazy thing, but one that's kind of like stuck with me is when we did the show last year and we did um, turn. We played Turn to Stone, which we don't play a lot because mm. you need a third, you need a third guitarist to play that song live, and it's just so it's it's very rare we play it. And just seeing literally everybody, 1,200 people sing it louder than we were playing it. It was like, shit, man. It's like, it's like, it was like pretty emotional, not going to lie. Seeing my mum and my nan at the back of the room singing along as well, I was just like, yeah, man, this is <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's that shit like that. That's, that's what it's like about for me. Yeah, fuck yeah. Like, kids can go, kids can go crazy and like, the whole kind of moshing today, I, I stay out of because it's just like if you want to swing your arms, if you want to push, if you want to jump off, I don't care. So if you're having a good time and you just, you know, kind of, it's all about time and place. If you yeah. like, if you come to see us at a metal show and you start swinging your arms, you, you yeah, expect what you, the consequences. But if you come yeah. to see us at a beat dash or a hardcore show, then it's fair game. But just yeah, time and place, and just have a good time. I'm like, that's what it's all about. As long as the crowd's giving me energy, we we give ten times more energy. You know. Fuck yeah! So. Now, oh, can't I can't wait for you to get down here, and also can't wait, <laughs> can't wait for whatever is um, coming next, EP or album. Now, Alex, I always wrap things up with a segment called Pick Your Poison. Now, what happens with oh, Pick Your Poison <laughs> is you've got two options. And the mm-hmm. option you pick is the one you're stuck with for the rest of your life. Okay? Okay. All right. So, some are easy, some are hard. Let's see how we go. We've got pizza or burger. Burger. Oh, you found that one easy. Um, <laughs> I'm a fucking fat bastard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Man, me too. Don't worry about it. Um, chicken or beef? Chicken. Okay. Beer or whiskey? Ooh. I don't really like either. Ooh. Okay, well what's your what's your drink of choice? My drink of choice would be a glass of white wine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we can say white wine. Um mayo. Yeah. Mayo or brown sauce? Mayo. Okay. Bap or butty? 
Great gate. <laughs> <laughs> um, cinema or on the couch? Um, oh, I do like going to the cinema. I'm also lazy. So, I mean, I like going to the cinema if it's, a, you know, a big film. Mm. If it's like, you know, like Star Wars or something, or something like that, then otherwise, yeah, chill it on the sofa. Okay. Now, this one's interesting because, you know, obviously you live in Sheffield, but beach or snow? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to have to go to a beach. I love snowboarding, but beach wins every time. Okay. Um PS4 or Xbox? I don't know if you're a gamer. PS4. Well, that was easy. There we go. PS4. Oh, yes, he is. Um, <laughs> cat or dog? Dogs. Okay. Now we're getting to some movie ones. Cats. Movie ones now, so these ones will probably get a little bit more difficult. We've got Terminator or Predator. Terminator. Ooh, okay. Batman or Superman? Batman. Okay. Rambo or Rocky? Rambo. Rambo's a fucking bad man. <laughs> I, know. I know he is. Uh, James Bond or Jason Bourne? James Bond, classic, man. Uh, not bad. He gets all the kills. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Jason Bourne doesn't. He, he gets none. No, right? he gets fuck all. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Freddy or Jason? Jason. Okay. Nice. I just, I just think he look he looks harder. I like the hockey mask. Yeah, he also stays away from kids, doesn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? What's that about? Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> Freddy's a bit fucked up. Um, yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Okay. South Park or Simpsons? South Park. But it used to be Simpsons. Oh, okay. You know, as as you get more mature and you, your sense of humor becomes a bit darker, I think everybody gravitates more towards South Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anchorman or Step Brothers? Step Brothers. Oh, good answer. Okay, nice. I, I don't. I, I, I. Usually, I hate Will Ferrell, but Step Brothers is a great film. Okay, Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. Okay, Terra or Madball? Terra. Metallica or Megadeth? Metallica. Okay. Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder? Ooh. I know the rest of the guys would go Black Dahlia Murder, but I'm personally going to go Cannibal Corpse. Okay. A couple of hip-hop ones thrown in here for you. Biggie right. or Tupac? Uh, classic. Um, Biggie. Okay. Wu-Tang Clan or N.W.A.? NWA. Okay. Kanye or Kendrick? Oh, uh, Kendrick, because Kanye's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> well, apparently he might be president one day, so yeah, we better fucking watch out. Um, yeah, fuck like that. All right, last, last <laughs> few coming up here. Football or rugby? Football. And who do you follow? Uh, Sheffield United. And Cardiff City. Why? Because I was born in Cardiff. Oh. So uh, that was the team that I, you know, I grew up watching. And then uh, Sheffield United, because my my English side of my family, they all uh, support Sheffield United. And how are you guys going in the championship? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I think, well, I think United are not doing too good, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 
I'll be I'll be the first to admit I'm not a, a, a solid fan. I, I I like going to the matches and you know I like the days out, but I'm not a a, a, a solid follower like some of my friends. So. Okay, the last few is mosh pit or up the back. It's got to be mosh, mosh pit. pit. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? Mosh pit. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't answer the other one that you'd be silly. Isn't it? Um, <laughs> next one, next one. I already know the answer because you've said it earlier, but it's touring or recording. Touring every time. Last one is CD, vinyl, and it's a third option as well, streaming. Um, I like I stream everything. Uh, I do like having, you know, we've got. Hang on, we've got the uh, in the flat. We have the hate breed vinyls. Get out! Oh. My loved ones vinyl, and then we have, of course, Fitty. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I stream everything, but I do like having some uh, just some vinyls as well. Oh fuck! Well, that's like mine's nothing compared. But there's one big rack, another big rack of CDs, and then over there is a bunch of vinyl. So a little See? bit, a little bit of a collector. Um, yeah. Well. Dude, Alex, man, sick fucking chat, dude. Um, really... Yeah, man, thank you very much. I'm sorry it was such a nightmare to organise me, but I've, uh, yeah, this, I've really, this is probably even my favourite interview I've ever done. Oh, much, <laughs> much love, dude. Uh... No, I appreciate you taking the time as well. No, thank you. So that was my chat with Alex of Malevance. Thank you so, so much, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. An absolute legend and an absolute dude. Thank you so much, man. As I said, really, really appreciate it. Now, guys, if you haven't quite discovered that band yet, Malevance, now's the time to wake up. They have two absolutely outstanding albums. Their debut, Reign of Suffering, and my album of the year last year, Self Supremacy. So get online, get on iTunes, get on Bandcamp, get on Spotify. If you like a physical copy, get online and get one as well. Thank you again, Alex. Can't wait to hang out and catch up when you finally get to Australia. So that's it for the Mosh Zone episode 42. Done, dusted, wrapped up, in the can, all locked away. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for giving the show a go. I hope you tune in for future episodes over future weeks. If you're a frequent listener, much love and thank you as always for tuning into the Mosh Zone. Now guys, it's that time of the show, it's near the end of the show, so I need to remind you and ask you if you've got some free time this week, help us spread the word about the Mosh Zone, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone that likes heavy music about the Mosh Zone. Also, if you've got some free time this week, help us out with a share on your social medias. Share it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Help us grow this show. Help us grow the Mosh Zone community. It's also that time of the show where I need to remind you, don't forget to subscribe to the website. The website is www.themoshzone.com. And also, don't forget to like and follow us on social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are at The Mosh Zone. So that's it. No more rambling from me. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. 
over the bridge.